Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Let's all stand and lift our hands and honor the Lord today. Would you do that? Lord, we love you today, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit. Come on, would you lift your hands and lift your voices and honor the Lord Jesus Christ today for his goodness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do and who you are. For you are holy and you are righteous and you are pure. There is none like you in all of the earth. We magnify you today in Jesus' name. Let's give these kids a big hand. Aren't we thankful for them? Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. We're so glad that you are here on this Christmas Eve service. It's, it's hard to believe that, it, that it's, it's already here. Somehow it slips up on us, but um, so thankful for the goodness of God and celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ. Where would we be without him? Amen. Sister Connie Akins used to sing the, the song in the choir about where would I be without the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad he came into my life and set me free and washed my sins away. Amen. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 is my text here today. And um, following our time of prayer, those that choose to, we will have communion today. And and, uh, so thankful for that. While you are turning to the word of the Lord in Luke chapter 4, verse 17 is where we're going to read from. Um, It's so good to have Pastor Donnie Ryan with us, North American missionary to Johnstown, Ohio. We're so thankful to welcome him with me. Amen, amen. So glad that he is here. And uh, also good to see Brother and Sister Teha with us from Arkansas. Welcome home. We're so glad you're here. Amen. All of our guests and so, so thankful for you. The Bible tells us in Luke 4, 17. It says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which would be the book of Isaiah. Speaking of delivering it to Jesus when he was in the temple on the Sabbath. It says, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. When they handed him the book of Isaiah, he turned to the book of Isaiah where this scripture was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And gave it again to the minister. And sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. All the eyes in the room turned to him. And he said in verse 21, And he he said, 
And he began to say to them, this day, everybody shout, this day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? Amen. All the eyes were fastened on him. I would like to preach just for a moment. Behold him. Behold him. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to speak to you today? Lord, we love you, Jesus. We magnify you, God. We worship you, Lord. We glorify you for who you are. For you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. You're the mighty God in Christ. And we worship you, God, today. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Everybody say, behold him. You may be seated. I want to say today to everyone in the building that the goal of every church service is to behold him. The goal of every event that we do is to behold him. The goal of the life that we live in this building, outside this building, whether in our home or at our job, the goal is those that see us that do not know him will come to know him because they know us. The goal is that everybody will behold him. I was 15 years old. My father had asked me to preach on a service in Glen Ferris, West Virginia. I'll never forget. It wasn't my first time preaching. I started preaching when I was 11. But there was something that came over me while I was preaching. I felt something move on me that was beyond me. We call it the anointing. The spear of the Lord fell upon me and that nervous 15-year-old teenage preacher in that day stepped be outside of my ability and I stepped to the left of the pulpit. That took a lot of nerve and boldness because it's easy to hide behind this thing. But when it came over me, there was a nature that came over me that was beyond me. And when I stepped beside, I started saying things I didn't study. I started speaking things I did not plan. It wasn't coming from my mind. It was coming from somewhere else. Matter of fact, I even stopped in the middle of my preaching and somebody said, somebody needs to get right with God today because you could pull right out of this parking lot and have a car wreck and go into eternity. Make sure you're right with God. I was only 15 years old. And would you know that that day, somebody pulled right out of the parking lot and was T-boned, wrecked right when they pulled out of the parking lot. There was a moment that God spoke through me as he can also speak through you. When Jesus was speaking in the synagogue, he opened the word of the Lord. Some minister had handed him the word of God. He began to read from the word of God. And he said that verse I read already, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. When he read this portion of scripture, he closed the word of God, handed it to the minister and sat down. And all the attention went off of the minister and went on him. Could I say there should be a moment in every sermon. There should be a moment in every song, whether it's the, the, the musicians and the praise team. The choir or the event in the church. 
There should be a moment that the eyes go off of the preacher. The eyes go off of the choir. The eyes go off of the platform and they behold him. Because he is all that really matters. The intention is not for us to be seen. It's for him to be seen. Somebody shout amen. Behold him. I will never forget that while I was preaching, I felt him come into the building. And everybody, I remember after service, Pastor Ryan, people came up to me and said, the Lord anointed you today. Something was different about your preaching today. You know what it was? It was that Jesus came in and took over. Could I say, that's what we want at the Anchor Church. We want Jesus to come into the building and do what only Jesus can do. Because when he comes into the building, he can heal the brokenhearted. He can open the blinded eye. He can fix every situation in your life because he's able. Would you clap your hands and shout, behold him. Amen, amen. When he shows up, wise men will come from afar. Shepherds will stop in the field. It will get the king's attention. It will get everybody's attention when he shows up. Because when he shows up, he brings peace upon the earth. He brings joy to the world. Is there any witnesses in the building that you can say, he brought joy to my life. He brought peace to my situation. Oh, somebody praise him on this Christmas Eve. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Amen, amen. A great portion of Scripture tells us, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name he said there I am in the midst of him when the spirit of God comes into the building the atmosphere will always change when the spirit of the Lord moves in contention walks out Amen. Hopelessness leaves. Depression walks out of your spirit because when Jesus comes in, you feel the presence of him. He brings hope. He brings joy. Come on. Faith starts moving in you again. That's the spirit of the Lord. Everybody say, behold him. Preacher, watch that I feel. It's Jesus. What, what I feel, the hair stand up on the back of my head. That's the creator. That's the creation responding to its originator. When the spirit of the Lord comes in, everything changes. One of my favorite verses is in the book of Psalms, chapter 16 and verse 11. Amen. Praise God. The Bible talks about at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. But in Psalm 16 11 says, In his presence is fullness of joy. Where? In his presence. Amen. We're not here just to have uh, methods and, and programs. Our goal in everything we do is at some point that while we are praising him, while we are preaching about him, he walks into the building and everybody in the building knows Jesus was at church today. Jesus was there today. Behold him. 
How many want the Lord to be in the midst? I feel him right now. He is in this building and we ought to stand and honor him because Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the building. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It goes like this. The preacher's preaching and everybody's looking at the preacher and all of a sudden they go. The singer is singing and all of a sudden, what's going on? Jesus inhabits the praises of his people. Our goal is to not be seen. Our goal is to reflect. How many want to reflect him in 2024? How many want to be a, a reflector of meet Jesus? He's the one that changed my life. Let's all pray. Lord, we love you today. We're so thankful for the many blessings and the many healings and all that you've done for us. We're thankful, God, for the anointing of your spirit, the healing that we feel, your presence that is in this building. I'm thankful that service after service, we feel your presence move among us. Oh, God, we are gathered here today. We don't want to be entertained or to entertain. Oh, God, we just want to set an atmosphere that you can come in among us and move and touch our situations, oh, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say amen. The goal of every preacher. Brother Lee Stone King told me years ago, he said, he said, he said Aaron, he said, when you are preaching, there will be a moment that faith enters the congregation. He said faith will bring God into the building because without faith it's impossible to please Him. I'm among believers today. I know you believe that. But when faith comes into the room, he said the Spirit of the Lord will come into that room and when the Spirit of the Lord comes in, as they're reaching for God and the Lord is reaching for them, he said let God put His hand in their hand and you just get out of the way. That's the goal is that somewhere during a sermon, is that whoever is ministering, the eyes aren't with the one that's holding the book. The eyes go to the one that the book is written about. Not about the one with the microphone. It's the word. How many know he was the word? And when you get your attention on him and you call on the name of Jesus, Brother Boston, do you remember the day you called on the name of the Lord? He didn't disappoint, did he? I mean, remember when you called on the name of the Lord and he came through for you. If you've ever been healed, wave your hand. Look at the witness in this building. If he ever set you free from a life of sin and turned your situation around, would you wave your hand? You know why? Because whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall be healed. He answers when you call on him. Oh, I'm so glad I called on him one day. How far is he away? He's as close as the mention of his name. And I hope somewhere in this building today that you remember that Christmas is not about marketing, trees, presents, and ho-ho, and Rudolph. It's still calculated that Christmas is the happiest day of the year. People get together. 
Not worried about problems. At the end of the day, it's Christmas or Christmas, not Xmas. In a day that Merry Christmas is offensive, it's troubling to me. You can only say Happy Holidays. But I'm telling you what, Christ is our hope. Without Him, there's nothing. We need Him in our family. We need Him in our marriage. We need Him with our children. We need Him. You can be seated. I'll say this and then, then I'll close and we're going to pray. I want you to know today that I do believe that America is at a, is at a crisis, religious crisis, a moral crisis. I'm going to tell you what I believe though. I believe that Jesus is coming very soon. After a church that's made themselves ready, the Bible says in Revelation 19. But I'm going to tell you what I do believe. I believe before he comes, there's going to be a great awakening revival. I do. With all of my heart, I believe it. I believe that atheists are going to convert. Backsliders are going to return. People that don't go to church are going to start being hungry for God and praying every single day. I really do. I believe there are going to be so many, so much revival in the recovery community. I really do with all of my heart because I believe God is going to bring a divine visitation to our country one more time. And I feel that right now. And millions all over North America are going to be filled with the Spirit. There's going to be a great awakening. With that great awakening, there are going to be signs and wonders and miracles. There are going to be so many healings, so many miracles that take place in our churches and in our homes and on the job. God is going to work with His people and God's going to show Himself one more time. How many believe He's going to do it again? He's going to do it again. He's the hope of our country. Amen, amen, amen. And God wants to touch you today. Would you lift your hands again and tell the Lord how much you appreciate Him? God, we love you. On this Christmas Eve, we value who you are. We are so thankful, God, for the power of your presence and the power of your spirit. We pray that, God, you would grant repentance to each and every one of us. A call back, Lord, to righteousness and to be right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're going to pray, then you can, you can um, bow your heads in a moment. But when John the Baptist came to prepare the way of the Lord, John the Baptist's entire message was, behold him. Isn't that right? I mean, they thought John the Baptist was great. He, was, he seemed a little weird according to Scripture. Yeah. You imagine I got up and said, you bunch of vipers. I wonder how many of you would come back next Sunday if I called all of you a bunch of vipers. He called them out. The Bible describes his outfit was camel's fur. He had a prophet's garment on, honestly. And his diet was locust and honey. But when he preached, it was powerful. He was the prophet from the book of Isaiah. And the Bible says he was a voice crying from the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Fill the valleys in and the mountains low. And he had one message that he preached. And people, people thought he was Elijah. Some, some, some even thought he was the Christ, but... 
He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. The whole goal of John the Baptist was that they would look beyond him and see Christ. That's right. So when he would preach, his message was, repent. Somebody shout, repent. What that word means in the Old Testament was simply two words, to turn. To turn from your sin. I'm not going to live that life no more. I want God in my life. You can't have God and sin. How many know you can't mix it? Bible says, even Isaiah said, man's sins have separated him from God. Sin will always separate. It's the revealing mark of sin is separation. And John the Baptist came in a message that said, turn from your sin. Or his doctrine, his, his teaching was repent. And when he had baptized him, this is what he'd say. Are you ready? There's one coming after me. Y'all hear that? That still should be the preaching. That should still be the doctrine of every preacher. Is that when I'm done preaching, there's one coming after me. When I'm done singing, there's one coming after me. When I'm done testifying, there's one coming in the building that's greater than I. And his doctrine was, there's one coming after me who's greater than I. How many know there's one coming after you that's greater than you? So when you're witnessing to somebody, remember, when you're done witnessing, there's one showing up that's greater than you. Amen. When you're done preaching, there's one showing up that's greater than you. Come on now. There's one coming that's greater than I. He said, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. His entire doctrine was if you will repent, you will turn to God. Guess what? There's one coming after the preacher that's greater than I am. How many still believe one can show up today that's greater than any of us? Come on, he can turn the water to wine. He can, he can heal every situation. I'm telling somebody, it's not over until God says it's over. And if God moves in this room, he can fix what you can't. He can take care of what the doctor can't even fix. He's able. He's able. He's able. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, behold him. There's one coming after me that's greater than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He said, he's going to baptize you. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's one here greater than you. Tell the other neighbor, say, there's one here greater than me. Behold him. How many is thankful that he's here? His doctrine was to repent. And that when you repent, there's one coming that's got more for you than I can give you. The preacher's job to lead you to repentance. But when you repented, the Lord shows up in your life and does for you what no preacher can do for you, what the singers can't do for you, what your mom and daddy can't do for you, what nobody in the world can do for you, what your spouse can't do for you, your children can't do for you. Amen. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, that's where there's power. Come on, Zechariah said, it's not by might and it's not by power. He said, it's by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. I'm telling you, when you repent, there will be a visitation. God visits his people. Anybody witness that? That you've been touched by the Spirit of the Lord? The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you? I tell you, I feel freedom right now in this room. Come on, here's the question of the day. 
Aren't you glad that Jesus came to this earth? He walked among men. He sat with the commoner. He raised the dead and healed their bodies, fixed their families. How many glad he showed up? Behold him. Behold him. Amen. So mom and dads, tomorrow before you open the presents, stop and read Luke 2 and say, let's behold him. Let's give honor to where honor is due. I teach my children, everything we have come from the Lord. Any of you believe that? I mean, we get your job, he blessed you with it. My lands, my lands, I feel the Lord. I feel him so strong. I feel the anointing of the Lord upon me. You could be healed in this room of whatever sickness you are facing because he is here. He is here. How I many feel him in this building? Would you just praise him for a moment? Amen. Would you just thank him for what you feel? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Every, every head bowed and every eye closed. You're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Bounds, I, I feel God touching my life. Would you raise your hand? He is touching your life. I see so many hands going up. God is going to fix that situation in your life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to God at your seat the way you would talk to me. Lord, I need you today. Would all of us begin to pray in our own way? Lord, I know you're here. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Behold him. It's no longer about what I said. It's about what you feel. The Spirit of the Lord has come to you. He's knocking at your heart saying, turn to me. I'll fix it. You can't do it without me, God would tell you today. Open the door and I'll come in. Revelation 3 says, Lord, we want you in our home. We want you in our marriage. We want you in our family. We want our children to know you from a young age. Oh God, we need you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You need a healing in your body. Raise your hand. I see some hands up today. You need God to fix your heart today. Would you, your, your, your heart, the direction of your heart, would you raise your hand? You say, Pastor, I'm going the wrong way, but I need some things fixed in my life. I see hands around the room. I'm going to tell you, God is going to do it. Here's what we're going to do all over this building. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to forgive us. Right, right at our seat, we're going to ask God. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me today. Come on, you don't have to pray fancy. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Would you do that all over this room? God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. The preacher's come to prepare the way of the Lord today. But I need you, God. Forgive me of the choices I've made, the things I've done wrong. Come on, everybody, individually pray. God, I need you. I do not want to leave you out of my life like I have in the past. I'm asking you from this day forward to lead me. 
and I will follow. I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to be my guide. I don't want to go the direction I've been going. Come on, the Lord's moving right now in this room. Let's all take a moment and pray, God, search my heart. Is there any unforgiveness or bitterness in there? God, forgive me. I don't want anything in my heart that's not right, that's not holy or pure. In the name of Jesus, just take a moment to focus. Come on, let's just take a moment before we take communion and head home to be with our families.
seated. Pastor Cody's going to come. I do want to say that if you have repented, you want to be baptized. Scriptural preference was a commandment. Direction was a commandment. You commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. If you'd like to be baptized, you can see Pastor Cody in the, in the altar, myself, and we'll make sure that can happen today. I know some people have come to be baptized today, and we're thankful for that. Can you say amen? So thankful for that. Praise God. Pastor Cody, if you'll come. This today. gives me strength from No, you can't go too far. And it flows to the lowest valley, to the valley of the blood. It gives me strength from day to day in the of God.
wash away my sins what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says without the shedding of blood there is no remission I mean know that today John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God tell your neighbor say Jesus is the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Somebody say amen. As you remain standing, be reminded. Matthew 26 and 28, Jesus said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. How I many know his blood was shed for many for the remission of sins? That's why he looked at his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And he said to them, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. On the day of Pentecost, they looked at Simon Peter and said, what shall we do? How many know what he said? Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. And ye shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad I repented. I'm so glad I've been baptized in His name. And I've had my sins washed away. Amen. My sins have been remitted. How I many know baptism wouldn't work if Calvary hadn't happened? If Jesus hadn't died and shed His blood? Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians 11. The Bible tells us in verse 23 that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Amen. If somebody could bring me communion. You would take the bread that you've received. a few more I'm sorry how many have the bread does everybody have that's going to take it take the bread 
the Last Supper, this is what Jesus did. He took the bread. Let me know it was unleavened bread. Representing his sinless body. Jesus was holy and sinless. Perfect. He was the perfect lamb. No sin found in him. I mean, no, there was no gall in him. I think somebody would say he was perfect. He's the only one deserved not to die because the wages of sin was death. But knowing the concept of sin, he took the bread. And the Bible says he break it. He break the bread. Representing that his body would be broken. You know why? So you could be put together. He said as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of him beholding him. And when they break the bread, the Bible says he gave thanks and break it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. If you take the bread. Thank you, Lord. You chose to be broken. You didn't have to. You could have come off the cross. You did this, Lord, for us. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Let's honor him today. Would you do that, Lord? We thank you. him today. Amen. Clap your hands and magnify the Lord. You do not have to rush out. Shake hands. Be friendly. Merry Christmas everybody. We're so thankful that you're here. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.